Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Scholarly Sisters podcast. We are back for another week. We are, I think my email notification just came through. I didn't hear it this time. Okay, good. Um, We are making it through term just about. I'm now on week seven. I've got three more, four more sessions until Easter. Loving it, but gosh, it's tiring. Yeah, this week has been quite an intense one. Mine's just different to yours because I get, we our modules are like five weeks long. So I'm in week, going into week three of my second module and then that will finish. I've got one more week after that of teaching it because the last week is academic direction because then they go do something else and then I start another module for a week and then it's Easter. So it's quite a weird way of doing things. I feel like it's like a stalling car. I keep getting like stop, start get into the flow of one module all of a sudden it's over yeah. so it's, it's interesting got a lot of marking though that's been a that's been a lot of like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm nearly through my marking that I had I had loads of dissertations to mark so I've got one more to second mark for Monday and and then I'm free from it for a bit although have got some formative things to mark for all of my modules fun and games oh as we said the hats we have to wear I also have to apologize if you do hear a meow in the back because again we're not together recording this one we are separate and I am at home with two of well, my two cats and <laughs> one of them is just meowing basically at the wall there is nothing there <laughs> um but has chosen to scream about something so that might come through <laughs> uh we we make it work we do so today we are going to cover the research proposal yes essentially the thing that is going to get you the phd the thing that's going to make you stand out in your applications I'm pretty sure every student who applies for a PhD has to do a research proposal of some form, whether that's, you know, a longer one or a shorter one. I'm pretty sure it's a kind of kind of a general thing across the field. I think most people have to, yeah. Um it does kind of depend on which sort of path you're going down so if you're going for a PhD where the project's already there and you're going to be joining like a team then you're not proposing the research but you would likely still obviously have like an interview and things like that and you have to demonstrate that you're able to be an effective member of the team and all of those things but if you're proposing your own research then of course as in the name you need to propose and do your research proposal to do it it's sort of kind of like very common in stem subjects to have those advertised phds but arts humanities and the social sciences are sort of background you more likely will have to propose your own and that's (laughs) where we're at drink every time we say propose or proposal (laughs) throughout this episode 
um yeah I've yeah I completely had a mind blank there PhDs that are already the topics are already there for you but I've been recently helping a friend who's applying for PhDs and helping her through her proposal and so I thought it would be a good sort of thing to cover may we're just gonna think we're just gonna think and talk about those kind of main areas that all of them will have every single proposal will have an element of what we're discussing today every university has a different structure different format that they want but ultimately these are the things that are important to include in that application that you send off to your respective courses absolutely and it's you know it is really natural to maybe feel a little bit intimidated at the thought of structuring a proposal I know when I had to do mine I was a bit like oh what do I have to put in here and I never like talking about myself in such that kind of way it's a bit awkward and it feels uncomfortable but mm. the proposal's not there to kind of catch you out and stop you from doing a PhD it's I'd say a bit more boring than that <laughs> but it's basically just a document that's going to demonstrate your kind of a your strengths but that you're showing that the PhD you're proposing is worthwhile that it's feasible and that you are capable of doing it at the university in which you're applying for mm, yeah so with that then the main obviously all of them have to have some kind of title or an indicative title um I wasn't sure if I'd said that word right hence the long pause but I think I did (laughs) yeah an indicative title of your topic area so obviously with your title that needs to really reflect what it is that you want to study and really the central issue or issues that you're going to address so it could be helpful to have that in the format of a statement it could be a question um it it really just depends and for example my I think my title was a question yeah I think mine was when I originally did it and as we say that it's important tonight you can change your title it will change oh yeah it as you sort of go through the process of the PhD you find things and go more into the literature your title does develop a bit further Mm, so that's a good starting point that's the point where you need to begin and from there you're gonna sometimes you might have a supervisor already in mind someone that you've been talking to and if you do it might be applicable to name them but if you don't that's fine it doesn't matter at the time of applying for most of mine I didn't have a supervisor in mind so that's not something I included but if you've already got that connection and developing that with a potential supervisor it is useful to jot that down somewhere yeah absolutely um and if you don't know what we're talking about in that way what you can do for kind of background research is look up the universities that you're hoping to apply to and find the contact details of potential academics that work in your field and might be relevant to the topic that you want to research and reach out to them and just you know just send them an email okay I'm, I'm hoping to apply I've noticed that your um, you know, your background is in this field of work 
um, are you taking on PhD students at this time? Could we meet? That kind of thing. It's kind of informal um, yeah. and not, yeah, not not a too scary a step, really. No, um, quite, quite a nice one. And it's good also to just be a bit familiar with what their most recent kind of publications are. And you mm. might be able to say, you know, I'm looking at this topic. I can see you've within your most recent publication I've already started picking this out a little bit or alluding to it and I or I really resonated with what you've put out something like that does tend to open up academics a little bit more and be more willing to be chatty through things yeah definitely and then I think obviously you want an overall aim so aim and objectives really so okay um you know you've got the basic information now we need to get into the nitty-gritty of what it is that you're kind of looking at so you need to state really plainly in my opinion what mm -hmm. you aim to accomplish with your phd research so you know what are you what question are you answering if you're looking at theory, what theory are you hoping to use? What concepts will you explore in your research? Those are the kind of main things I think about when I think about overall aim and objectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And they are useful to have. And again, they will develop. They can change. Mm -hmm. I know my research questions and aim and objective did not stay the same from my proposal to the finished product they're not even the same as what they were a year before I submitted things still developed over time yeah absolutely absolutely and then I mean you you can perhaps give some kind of synopsis or summary of your approach after your aims and then really go into kind of your back the background so okay introduce your specific area identify the theoretical context um identify how your research will be developed and introduce and discuss the discipline or the field um okay what is it that you want to know and you know for example how is it underpinned from methods in social sciences, for example? Um, what I think they're looking for in that kind of context, background, rationale sort of section is an indication that you understand and you've done some research into the wider kind of theoretical context. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think develop, also, develop, yeah. I was just gonna say, I think they also kind of want the what and the why so you have to make that successful kind of original contribution to knowledge so this is a good area to kind of pinpoint that and start bringing that up where's the gap but when we say that original contribution there's so many ways a phd can be original you might look at new data or primary sources but you also might look at existing sources but from a brand new perspective that hasn't been done before or deal with the impact of more recent and newer events. It doesn't kind of matter how it's original, so long as it's, yeah. you know, the proposal's really specific about what makes it original. And that originality might change again as you go through the process, but it's good Definitely. to point out at the start. Yeah, I agree. And developing the context is, you know, really key. You're building a case, you're building a rationale, excuse me 
for your study area? You know, why is the study important? Can you identify any gaps yeah. in the current understanding that have helped you to build the case for this study? And then with that, you also want to demonstrate in your kind of background section that you're aware of what has been and what is currently being written about your topic. So you want to include both up to date and relevant kind of older academic literature. Um, you know, for example, you might if you're looking at, I don't know, government documents, you might look at documents that, you know, the original documents and kind of how that has changed over time. Definitely. Um, look at what's relevant to you and why does it relate yeah absolutely so bringing in your literature is really important and then with that you can okay having told them what you want to study and why you can then you know and and, and you've illustrated those ideas with reference to literature you can then Kind of create a tentative set of research questions so okay ones that they need to be manageable they need to be achievable within a normal phd time frame um and i would say no more than three or four research questions that you put in that proposal and it's okay if you don't necessarily have a fully formed idea of what those are yet but I would really urge anyone to include them yeah. um it just shows that you have something you have there is a reason behind this proposal okay you've really thought about this you've really considered it absolutely it's useful to have them there and as you say kind of like a maximum of three to four my final one had two but you also can have sub sort of elements to that which sometimes crop up because the question itself could be quite broad and you have to break it down a little bit further I know I had that in other pieces of work like my undergrad and my master's I had sub smaller questions under my overarching bigger ones yeah definitely so you've got your you've got your title you've got your aim your objectives you've got maybe a synopsis or a summary you've got your backgrounds with some literature you've got your research questions and the impact and yeah. then you also need to talk and, and include a section about your research approach so methodologies and methods yeah How there are going to be so many options yeah it's it's endless and you the ones that you pick you have got to justify why you've done it. So when you get called in for that interview and they say, okay, so why have you picked a qualitative approach? So you're going to do it this way. And maybe you've looked at something like grounded theory, which is originally what I look to do. And it had to, I had to explain why was I choosing that? And why did I not choose something else basically? And it was a very informal conversation, but it was good to kind of talk it through and it led me eventually away from that anyway I didn't use grounded theory at all but you've got to be able to kind of justify those methods and consider how are you going to collect this data to actually do the PhD how are you going to answer those research questions that you've sort of so tentatively written down and what's mm. the best way to do it and you've also got to think about the time limit you've got because while a PhD 
kind of is around three to four years in in most countries. I know in the US it is a bit longer. You don't spend all of that time doing research. No, absolutely not. So with that, I guess, thinking about time, you also then and kind of ending on for the proposal, you need to end really on a time scale or a plan for your you know your entire project so a full-time PhD should take three years to complete that's what they say a lot of people end up taking a fourth year but that's not how you propose you would propose to kind of go into this um this kind of journey you would always stick to what you know they say on the application so you know, you might need more time to acquire some kind of skills before commencing your research. So you might even put some of that in your timeline. Part time study will take longer. So five to six, five to seven years. So within those time frames, you have to demonstrate that you're aware of time management and planning. For example, how long is your primary research, your field work? How long is that going to take you? You know, what length of time are you going to need for that? And, you know, every stage of the journey, really. So with that, it's really important that you know the process for each university that you're applying for. OK, so when, you know, when do they expect you if you have to go through a registration process or, you know, what, at what point? So you need to re do your research for this this bit as well. Absolutely. And then obviously a reference list to finish it off. Yeah, if you have cited the references, obviously it's important to to note those down and things like that. With that timeline, it is good to just realise that certain things do take a lot longer. I probably was really naive with my data analysis. That took me so much more time than I'd originally set out, even when, as Meg notes, you have other sort of hurdles to overcome on a PhD you have something in your first year where you might have to do an extended proposal universities call them different things for me this was called an RDCOM 1 you then get your upgrade viva where you move from what's classed as being on an MPhil up to the PhD so these are other deadlines and other times where you've got to be handing in chunks of work so it's good to kind of be aware of those you may also need to get ethical approval depending on the type of research that you're doing so obviously you can't collect any data if you need ethical approval without getting that ethical approval so yeah. these are extra things just to keep in mind before yeah. you wrap it up with that reference list but I would say the most important things when doing your proposal is to be clear, concise and coherent throughout. So mm -hmm. it's always good to get a friend or family member, maybe to give it a bit of a proofread, read it out loud, pinpoint anything that maybe doesn't sound quite right mm. and take it from there. And I would say then in terms of word count, which I think is something to consider, a lot of universities do kind of have guidelines on how long a proposal should be. Um, but if you can't find a suggested one, touch base with either the graduate school or maybe ask a prospective supervisor. But if you still aren't sure, they're normally between 1,000 and 2,000 words. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I think mine was 2,000. I can't, I can't fully remember, but it's also a guidance. But 
I think also my main piece of advice would be that really to hone in on your subject. If it's too broad, it's unlikely that you're going to get shortlisted, yeah. to be quite honest and frank. You need to have spent time really refining that topic and demonstrating that there is a gap in that particular area. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not, you know, it's not worthwhile for universities to take students on. You know, they're thinking about their funding and, and, and you know, the things that they're kind of committed to in terms of research. So just be really, really thorough. And obviously not too broad with your topic. Yeah, you want to keep it kind of in line with what you're wanting to do. And mm. I would say my final bit of guidance would be not to send the exact same proposal to every university you're looking to apply for. It's important to differentiate them and tailor it to that university. You can apply to obviously more than one programme, but as a research proposal, you need to be able to show that you're going to fit with this particular university, the way that they tend to do things mm. and all of that. So consider your location and all of that. And they're the things I would definitely keep in mind when applying. But yeah, it's not as daunting as it might feel when writing a proposal. Mm. Um, and if you don't have a potential supervisor, normally you can go back to if you've still got contact with where you've done your an undergraduate or a master's and you've still got people like that who will be there to support you. I know we both, as we went to the same uni as you guys know from episode one, we had someone at that university who supported us both, um, obviously Meg first and then me a year later with making sure our proposals were sound and we were yeah. really coming across what we were trying to in quite a yeah. coherent and concise way <laughs> yeah lean on people you know lean on 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 connections that you've got in your universities people want to help um and yeah I think try not to you know definitely don't overthink to the level that it's you know this is it you know this is how it needs to be it's not it's not that rigid it can be very flexible you will change things you will change your ideas the proposal really is just a demonstration of your capability to undertake something at this level and yeah and good luck yeah <laughs> yeah good luck with your proposal writing keep going through with it and as we said and as Meg points out it's good to lean on people and take it from there but this was episode seven for us we do have one final one in a couple of weeks um, and that will be a wrap on season one and we look forward to coming back towards the end of April as we wrap up the end of our semesters teaching marking and uh, trying to get through based on copious amounts of teas and hot chocolates <laughs> And maybe some stronger things. Potentially a glass of wine or two doesn't go nice. <laughs> right. Bye, guys.